Support comes from Austin Water, helping residents reduce water use while protecting Austin's precious resource during the drought conditions with MyATX Water, providing near real-time water use data, tips, and leak alerts. More at austinwater.org. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello. And welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and on this episode of This Song, we'll hear from Kevin Parker of Tame Impala. Now, this is a rerun of an interview we released, like at the beginning of this podcast back in 2015, but we are re-releasing it now because Tame Impala is coming to Austin. Well, pretty near Austin. They're going to be playing Float Fest. Float Fest is a music festival in San Marcos, Texas, that is going down July 21st and 22nd. And it's this kind of festival that could like only exist in Central Texas, because it mixes a music festival with a tubing experience. Now, in case you don't live near here, tubing is something we do here in Central Texas. Like we get a big inner tube and we float lazily down a river for a couple or three hours with our friends and some floating coolers filled with beverages of our choice because like we have to make the best of it. It is unrelentingly hot here in the summer. So what better way to deal with that than to just like float on a river? Now at Float Fest, you don't like float and listen to music. You float and then you go and check out the music. This year, you'll be able to see Snoop Dogg and Run the Jewels. And on Sunday, the 22nd, Tame Impala will be headlining the festival. I spoke to Kevin Parker at another festival, the Austin City Limits Music Festival, way back in 2015, right after Currents had come out. And he told me about a song that showed him the expansive possibilities of what a person could do with rock music. I'm going to go like an obvious choice. It would be... um... Uh, Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, I think that um, transformed the way that I, the value of like rock music for me, or the kind of like, um, it exceeded what I thought the limitations of rock music were in terms of like what it could sort of like um, influence your body to do. Like it was so groovy, is what I'm trying to say. I, I never really considered rock music to be something. Um, that that could just be like super funky, you know. That could make you want to dance. Yeah. You know, like I I always sort of thought, you know, I saw rock music. Like I've I've always been like a rock fan, you know. It's always had like an emotive value and like a kind of like. Not like a, not like an aggression, but like the, a kind of angst thing. You know, that was always a big part of it for me. When I heard "Good Times, Bad Times," it's so kind of like upbeat, and 
sunshiny but so heavy at the same time. You know, it's got this like really strong, like the drums sound amazing, the guitars are like, you know, amazing. And the overall vibe to it is just uh, really, really, really cool, you know, it was like the coolest sounding song that, with guitars that I'd heard. Just, it just made me realise that rock music didn't have to be angsty. Just brooding. angsty right, and right. brooding. Good times, bad times, you know I've had my share. When the woman left home for a brown eyed man, but I still don't seem to care. So then, were, was there a separation at the time for you? Was there like, there's rock music? over here and it's angsty and brooding and aggressive and then there's dance music yeah. over here which yeah. I which I like but mm -hmm. never the twain shall meet was that uh, I probably had those kind of ideas when I was really young yeah definitely like you know that different types of music belong to different types of scenes or like atmospheres or whatever you know it was anyone I sort of grew up you know, grew up in thingo commas, uh, that uh, I realised, you know, that the lines can be blurred, you know. I, I guess when I was young I had a really kind of, um, yeah, discreet, is that the word? Like Discreet, you know, like like everything was in their discreet sure. categories? Yeah, like, and like, and the, the type of people that it represented, the demographics, that kind of thing, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm a rock kid, you know, that means I hate R&B and I hate, like, and when you're Music that age, like it does. Groovy. Like, when you're really looking for your identity. Absolutely. Like, you, and especially around, like, when you start choosing music around, exactly. like, I don't know, 13. Exactly. Then it becomes like, no, I am the kind of person who listens to hip-hop. Yeah. But I do would never listen to... Absolutely. Uh, country. Or Absolutely. Something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And, and, and I don't regret it, too, because, like, it informed so much of who I saw myself as, you know. Who were you before you heard Good Times, Bad Times? Like, did you, were you a rock kid? Was yeah, it like, I, I like rock and this dance stuff is, like, for, for uh, silly I mean, people? I, I, I sort of, like, I had my temptations to sort of, like, you know, I was always intrigued by other types of music. Like, I still liked electronic music. Like, I, I was into, like, air. Rock was the thing that defined who I was, you know. So, and you were making music at this time, like yeah. you were starting to make your own recordings. Yeah. Um, and had you made, had you made like any Tame Impala stuff at that point? Have you had you put out any recordings? Not as Tame Impala. Um, as the what was the band before Tame Impala? As the well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say, but um. <laughs> I mean, there's always been a name, like different names attached to like my recordings do, that I do yeah. at home, you know. But yeah. like, I, I kind of change the name every now and then. Um, but uh, yeah. So, did it free you up hearing that song to start integrating like more electronic elements or dance elements into what you were doing? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it wasn't. It didn't necessarily like trigger me to like. There wasn't necessarily like the you know the the floodgates opening, but uh, I definitely did start to consider. Um, you know, other flavors in rock, you know, like other, other sort of like um, mindsets and uh, just just like considering the groove is something I hadn't done yet. You know, playing drums, like I played, like drums were like my main instrument when I was, when I was a teenager. Um, 
So groove has always been important. Yeah, well, to you. That, well, that's the thing. That it wasn't until then. Uh, at that point, it was like right now. I want to. I want to like, learn how to play like in the back pocket. You know, drummers call it the back pocket. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're sitting behind the beat. You're not necessarily like right on top of it. Not so, that like, aggressive rock back. like. Right, you're kind of sitting it out. back. Like there's like different sort of fluctuations in how hard you hit the drums at different times to make it like all of a sudden it became this like effort to make it as groovy as possible. And John Bonham is great for that because he does he's like one of the few guys I feel like who can do that where it's like groovy as hell but it like it's killer like they're so rock. Did you then start like playing drums differently? Did you yeah. sit there and like, I'm gonna figure this out? Would you play along with John Bonham ever? Like, I never did that kind of thing. I wasn't that kind of like musician. I know a lot of people do that. That's kind of like how they learn and stuff. But I never really did that whole playing along yeah. thing. But it was just like when I'd when I'd write a song, I'd, I'd go like, all right, now the beat's gonna be super groovy this time, not uh, not just like as hard as I can hit. You know, like they say John Bonham used to used to hit like a bricklayer, but he never broke a stick. Yeah. You know, I always thought that was so intriguing because it was like. Um, pound them at the right time, but it would never actually like be this impact. It would sort of bounce off, and then like you know. Well, it's he's it's, a, quite, it's still quite bouncy. He's got a bunch. He's a he's a disarmingly subtle drummer. Mm. Like when you listen, when you really listen to Led Zeppelin, oh. and you listen to the drumming, it's like mm. he does things, and you're like. But ghost notes are just like he's barely yeah. hitting, like, like a little a feather, and then and then a, and then a smack. You know, <laughs> all that kind of thing was like it was like new concepts to me. you started considering melding rock music and dance music and now you're kind of I mean that's kind of where you live really like do you think that that was just that beginning that kernel of like eventually yeah coming into this I guess so I guess so um, now that I think of now that you mention it right that was on. probably one of the one of the the main turning points and this this I mean this current record seems the most like dance electronica centered or i guess what i like synths and sure. yeah no that's yeah no. yeah um is that the concern to like get people to to move yeah that's always been something that i've been sort of um attracted by the idea of like you know playing playing a song on stage or even just sort of like someone like a dj playing it or whatever you know and like everyone dancing to it and everyone kind of like really getting into it it's always been something i've been into even with like early albums, like, like in a speaker, I still considered them to be dance. I mean, I say dance, but that kind of like implies the genre or whatever. Um, groove. I always, ex I always, yeah, groove exactly. Like I always imagined people were grooving to it. You know, that's always been with Tame Impala. Um, that's always been an absolute um, requirement. And does it? Groove. I mean, and when you're playing on stage and you do see like a mass of people moving yeah i mean how does that like it's quite a feeling it's quite fulfilling yeah. well um hey i'm glad you heard that led zeppelin song man yeah well yeah. me too
Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, it. pleasure. Right on. Thanks. Really, I've really learned something about myself. Hey, right on. <laughs> <laughs> And this is Let It Happen from Tame Impala's Record Currents. Like I said, you can catch Tame Impala on Sunday, July 22nd at Float Fest in San Marcos. You can find a link to tickets for Float Fest on the show notes page for this episode at KUTX.org. KUTX is the radio station in Austin, Texas, where we make this podcast. And as always, you'll be able to find a Spotify playlist there. So you can hear all the songs we referenced in this episode all the way through. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This Song is a production of 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced by David Sanger, Art Levy, and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern, and thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it is true, our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.